And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So I'm recording this on Tuesday morning, which means I'm about 12 hours from Gary Trent Jr., Jalen Suggsing, the Wizards, uh, in what was, of course, a significantly bigger game than what Jalen Suggs did. Uh, And on the Skype line, live from, from my basement... Well, we're not live. We're pre-recording. Pre-recording. It sounds so much cooler to say live. I wish I could say live. I got to do a live podcast just for the sake of being able to do it live. Uh, Ava Wallace of the Washington Post. What's up? You know, I I had a Suggs mention in my gamer last night, and my editor literally slacked me and was like, no, that was nothing like what happened in this game. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, fair, but everyone who watched it definitely thought about it. And then he took it out. <laughs> so I mean, I'm, I'm going to tell him that you said that, honestly. Your, your editor is absolutely correct. No, he's right, and I'm also right. But it's it's a timely, it's a topical reference. Yeah, that's what I was. That's that was more my thing. But he was, he was right to take it out. Um, also, when the team you cover is seventeen and thirty-two, you, you gotta you gotta reach for, you gotta reach for Jalen Suggs. Thank you. You gotta, you gotta you gotta just throw up a heave from half court and see what lands. You know, like, <laughs> that's what we're doing these days, basically. Yeah, I mean, look. Try, try for for those at home who haven't done it. Try, try spicing up a deadline game story for a team that's seventeen and thirty-two. It's not the easiest. Yeah. No, not yeah. that I do it. I don't even write game stories. I was gonna say I don't recommend. I actually can't recommend you try that. But um, were you were you surprised at the outcome of that game, Fred? No, 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 <laughs> no. I wasn't surprised at all. Um, were you- were you upset that I just asked you that question? That's <laughs> no, I mean, at, at, at this point, I mean, they're, they're missing Beal. They're missing Rui. At at this point, I mean, if they're missing Beal, they're, they're 17 and 32. They're, we can say at this point they are capable of losing to any team. Uh, and they got away completely. It was very obvious that they got away completely from what was working for them. I mean, they were... They were hitting shots. I mean, you know, they, they talk all the time about how they just go cold. Their three-point shooting just goes cold. Well, it's because they they don't get shots for their three-point shooters. And and they were getting shots for their three-point shooters. Matthews and Bertans, who are their only shooters who have three-point percentages above league average right now, those guys had combined for nine made threes. And then in the fourth quarter, they combined for one shot attempt, and Matthews didn't play as much, but he still got five minutes, and Bertans got seven in that quarter, and, and they combined for one shot attempt. So, uh, you know, Westbrook takes 11 shots. A lot of them pull up jumpers and, and, and you know, just, you know, you know Russ. Yeah, yeah the, the, the typical, you know, you, you get great Russ and you get bad Russ, and, and the, the Wizards got great Russ for parts of last night and then bad Russ in the fourth. And... uh 
you know, they, they didn't go cold. It was just that the guys who were hitting the shots stopped taking the shots. And the guy who was playing, you know, more of a distributing role early started taking the shots and he was missing them. That's not a team going cold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So no. uh, So no. Yeah. I thought it was interesting last night that, I mean, Scott Brooks spoke very, very quickly. Some of us on two of the two out of three of us on deadline were waiting in the room and we're not let in because Zoom is the devil. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Westbrook kind of, I mean, I asked you about, I asked you about this last night after he spoke, but Russ was not, he was like, yeah, we're not running around getting shots for Bertans and Garrison Matthews. And I kind of wanted to do a follow-up question of like, why not (laughs) when that had been working for you? Um, but I thought it was really interesting that he kind of came out and, and said that, and you and I both took that as an interpretation of like, no, I'm the guy who takes the shots in the fourth quarter, which has absolutely been true. Um, we've seen it in those good Rui games when he's come really close to getting a new career high or things like that, and he just doesn't get looks in the fourth quarter. Um, and it's it's a it's a interesting thing the Wizards are dealing with right now. Yes, yes, it is. Where you think they're going to get? So they are what, two and a half games? This is how much preparation I've done. I don't have the NBA standings called up, but the beauty of the internet is I can I can call them up right now. They are two and a half games better than the Pistons right now yeah. uh, for the worst record in the East. Right. Uh, they're not much more ahead of, uh, of, of the Timberwolves for the number one pick. They're actually a half a game worse than the Cavs now, which means that they are in top five lottery positioning. Okay. I, how do you like one thing that I've been grappling with, and I wrote about this in a mailbag for Monday, is are is is this like a stealth? Do you think would you say that they're tanking at this point, or would you say they're trying to win and just not winning? Well, I, I, if they're tanking, what did they punch Rui in the shoulder and and poke? <laughs> Brad in the ribs, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand that they're being ex- extremely cautious and contusions, especially just take, like, it's not like you can do much treatment wise for contusions. They just kind of take a ton of time to heal and they're extremely painful a lot of the time. Um, but no, I mean, I think tanking is an organizational mandate, right? And everything that we've heard from Tommy Shepard on down this season is that we're trying to make something of this team. That's why we didn't trade Beal at the deadline. That's why we didn't even consider trading Beal at the deadline. You know, they held on to what their core guys. I think if you, if you trade for Russell Westbrook and you keep Bradley Beal and you make a big show about keeping for Bradley Beal, that's not a tank, right? Just from an organizational standpoint, you're just losing a lot, which is like, the uh, stealthiest of stealth tanks, I guess. No, but I think I think tanking is kind of an ideology, and I don't think that's where the Wizards are. All the moves that they've made has said that's not what they're trying to do. Um, but, but ooh, man, doesn't it feel like it? Man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you, but but then I watch and certain things, and, and you're just like, man, I, I wonder when they're going to actually flip the switch and go into the tank mode. Yeah. It it kind of reminds me to a degree well, of week, right? What were you saying? It would be this week. 
two Eastern Conference games and then a bunch of West Coast games that don't matter as much as the Eastern Conference games that you're you just lost by two points. Yeah, I it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely could be this week. It, it reminds me of eighteen nineteen when they were twenty two and thirty two at the trade deadline. <laughs> well, I was Fred. I really just stared out the window and was like, what happened in the year 1819 that you could possibly be talking about? But you mean 2018-19, obviously. Yes, 2018, the 2018-2019 season, uh, 200 years after the year 1819. Um, Sure. The the Wizards, yeah, yeah, I'm reaching back on my my pre-Wes Unseld history to 1819. (laughs) I was like, what happened then? Was there some war? Like, <laughs> They were the Chicago Zephyrs. Right. <laughs> so, uh, no, it reminds me of the 2018-19 season when they were 22-32 and 32 at the trade deadline. And they held on to Trevor Ariza. And they held on to Jeff Green. And they, they did that because, you know, those guys were both expiring veterans who, you know, I, I, I can't tell you what offers they specifically would have been able to get for them. I have to imagine. You know, I believe that that was the year that, like, Justin Holiday went for two second rounders. I have to imagine that at least one of those guys could command a second round pick, which can help you down the line. That was mm-hmm. Ernie Grunfeld as GM, not Tommy Shepard. It's a different administration. And I, I think these veterans they have this year are a little different. But they hold on to their veterans, 22 and, 20, and 32, and they, they want to be able to make a playoff run, even though they're 22 and 32, and everyone on the outside knows that's not happening. They go on to lose 50 games. That was also the year where Ted said, we will never, ever tank. Uh, and then they, they, go to the, they go to the tank, and they start playing their young vets maybe in, in March, maybe for the last month or so of the season, maybe a month after the trade deadline passes. And they finally, that's when they put Troy Brown in the rotation. In the last two weeks or so, Trevor Ariza sits. Jeff Green ends up resting for a bunch of games. And they, you know, I, I think Beal plays modified minutes. Oh and that's that's where they transfer to. But it's, you know, it's later than people on the outside are saying, just just go for it, just dive. And, uh, and this kind of reminds me of that. Where I feel like... With the injuries, they kind of have to be recognizing what's what's going on. That they're seventeen and thirty-two, and that, that Beal has been, you know, Beal's missed five games, and 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 Rui has now missed a couple, and you know, I, I I just feel like they have to be recognizing that that moment has to be coming around the corner. But until you know, if if you're tanking, like Neto was not your starter yesterday, you know. Like, if you're tanking, one of the young guys is. It's Matthews or it's Bonga or whomever, you know? And I say there, you're right to ask when is the switch coming. And I don't, I would say I didn't think they would have planned on tanking. I mean, you get a guy like Gafford and he has such a good couple of first games before getting injured and stuff like Like, that's not, if they are going to tank, I don't think they planned on it at all this season. No, definitely not. You know what's weird, by the way? I don't know what to make. I genuinely don't know what to make of Bradley Beal. Well, I was going to say of of Bradley Beal being a game-time decision for five consecutive games and not playing in any of them. Uh, uh, Yeah, I mean, I I have 
I have no idea what. And I mean, Rui's got shoulder tightness, and you know, to what we got that early morning that he was going to be out. How do you not know if Beal's good to go? Yeah, that stuff I don't imagine, or I, or I don't um, understand. And I asked Scott Brooks that um, one time. I can't remember who was continuing to be a game-time decision. I think maybe Beal was. And I said, what kind of goes into making a guy a game-time decision rather than knowing when he wakes up in the morning that, like, oh, I can't roll over onto my hip or whatever, or I can't run right because of that. Um, it's it's really – it is quite weird. But, again, contusions are – Contusions are weird, man. Contusions are weird, man. Because you can technically, like, I covered when the Mystics won their championship, Elena Deladon played through a bone bruise that she had for literally, like, a month. So I wonder if it's the type of thing where it's like, well, you can't, if you want to be in a, just an absolute massive ton of pain, you can do this. But, so I wonder if it's like that type of I don't know. I have no idea. I don't want to say anything because I really, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a doctor, man. <laughs> I want to, can we play a game? Uh, am I going to win? <laughs> it's, it's, it is not a win. It is not a win or lose. Actually, it's a game where we both oh, there's lose. there's no winners? Then I don't want to play. <laughs> it's, we're, there, we both lose. That's how this works. Oh, oh, okay. Is it called Be a Wizards Beat Writer this year? Just kidding. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> All right. So the Wizards have top five. <laughs> the Wizards have top five lottery positioning right now. Uh, oh boy. In this draft. Uh, oh boy. The the prospect experts. I am not a prospect expert. I think you're a bigger college basketball fan than I am. Um, yeah. But in this draft, the uh, Sam Vecinis of the world all say five potential legitimate stars in this draft. If you can get into the top five of this draft, you could really set yourself up for something good. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to play a game since the Wizards are now in top five lottery positioning if the season were to end today. There are five guys at the top. So Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, mm-hmm. Jalen Green, and Jonathan Kuminga. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody seems to agree Cunningham and and Mobley are going to be one and two, so I'm eliminating mm-hmm. them. Out of Suggs, uh, out of Suggs, Kuminga, mm-hmm. and Green, mm-hmm. who, uh, if the Wizards are at three, who's your guy? You don't think Suggs played himself into a into the two spot? I that's not. Okay, you that's just not want the impression. The no, you can. I mean, I just think that that Mobley is 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 too obvious well, of a they're choice. Not gonna take, they're not going to. They're not going to take. They have a starting center. Oh God, yeah. I mean, if if they, by the way, if they have a chance at at just one of these guys, if they're at number five, mm-hmm. like they have to take the best available guy, and they have to play the best available guy. You can't end up with Cade Cunningham or or Jalen Green or. Or Sug, like you can't end up with Jalen Suggs and then have him with a, you know, in a spot up shooting role playing behind Westbrook and Beal, so you can chase a low playoff seed. You just, you can't do that. Um, anyway, that's my commentary. I'll go first. I'm I I would take Suggs. I think he is. He, man, he's just so tough. He's so tough. And uh, has such a spectacular all-around game. I could just, man, I could see that guy being 
champion, such a stud. And it's not just because he hit a half court shot. It's not just because he no, hit a he hit a Gary Trent like shot. Yeah, and when you pick <laughs> top five in the lottery, you need a guy like Rui Hachimura is is you know the Wizards believe in him and everything like that. But is he genuinely really going to be the face of your franchise? Because when you have a face of a franchise, you need him to be that dude who talks and is tough and is whatever can strike fear in the hearts of defenses and stuff like that. Um, I would take Suggs, too. I like that. Um, Over. Yeah, because you need a big deal. I mean, I, I think I would take Mobley over Suggs if I had the option. Really? Yeah. I think he's spectacular. He's... He's just like, he's, or I should say, for now, I would take Mobley. If I were to dig into it further, maybe I would change my mind. Um, but he's just, he's smart and he can shoot. I mean, I think there's, there's somewhat of, fans tend to be somewhat adverse to taking centers so high in the draft. And I understand that. You know, a lot of that stems, people will reference taking DeAndre Ayton over Luka yeah. Doncic as the obvious one. The the difference is I, I I don't think Mobley is Aiton. Even at the time of the draft, Aiton had defensive question marks around him. And he, by the way, has gotten significantly better defensively. And Phoenix has one of the best defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh but but if if you're gonna take a center high, you know, it's gotta be a guy who can do all the modern stuff. Aiton's not as much of a modern guy. I think Mobley comes off as a as a really modern center, he can he can do stuff with the ball. He can shoot. Uh, he's he's got great defensive potential. Like I I I just think he's really good. By the way, centers are back. Nikola Jokic is going to win MVP. Embiid is going to be high up. Bam Adebayo is great. Rudy Gobert is the best player on the team with the best record in the league. Centers are back. I was going to say in the East. I mean, at least for the next couple of years, do you kind of need a, a center like that to compete with the Embiid's, to compete with the Adebayo's, those guys? I I still don't like the fit as much on the roster as I as I do with Suggs, just because he can do so much. And if if you're in a lottery position, I I think you want to load up on the on the offensive powerhouses more. And I understand that Mobley does that really well. Um, Although, I don't know, I mean, I would have to think about this more, Fred. I would have to think about this more. Yeah, I just I just don't care about fit. I just don't. Like, well, that's weird. Well, <laughs> I don't I don't care about fit on a You mean cuz when you're picking that high, you're just you just got to do it. Yeah, and 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 this roster if 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 things go well, whoever you take at number 1 or 2 or 3 or 4 or 5 or 6, like yeah. If things go well, whoever you take is not fitting in the long term into this roster. Uh, you know, it's they're 17 and 32. Uh, you know, presumptively, the next time they're good, this isn't the roster. Maybe Beal is still around. Maybe I mean, that's what the Wizards hope for sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe Beal is still around and he's signed a long-term contract and he's decided he's going to spend his career with the Wizards. But in terms of, you know, Beal can fit with anybody. Moves off the ball. He could be a primary or a secondary pick and roll guy. 
He gets himself and open. You know, he can fit with anybody. So there's like, nothing like to worry about there. You can always go out. You can always, always go out and find yourself a good guard. But a, a true blue center like that, you're right. They come around much less often. Much less often. Yeah. If you think that's the guy. If you think that's mm-hmm. the guy. Um, mm-hmm. What I, One of the things I've been grappling with, I'm pretty sure I'm going to write something on this for later this week just given giving you my content schedule um is i i don't know what to make of denny of dia's yeah. offense like i just don't know what to make of it i was thinking last night when you're asking all the denny questions i was like ah oh, crap i was all cuz i was also planning on writing something on him and i was like now i'm going to have to do it after fred and it's going to be weird and it's going to be a whole thing um i also don't know what to make of it because the thing is their excuse I, excuse is too harsh of a word, but Scott Brooks reasoning of, listen, this was a really weird year without um, training camp, without summer league, without all of the normal development for stuff. And it's not just like we got this 19 year old and he came out of college. It's like he came over from a foreign country um, is absolutely 100% valid. That being said, that I think I would be processing that differently if the Wizards had an excellent sterling history with player development. Yes. That's been a much rockier part of their organization since they've been picking kind of high guy. I mean, they just traded away their uh, 15th pick from two years ago, you know, like it's not like it's, something that they're particularly known for. So I, I absolutely understand Scott Brooks and I think he's absolutely right. And I think Denny is a guy who would have probably benefited from something like a summer league where he could be the center of attention and he could have flexibility and he could have um, the ball in his hands. And I think he's a guy who really thrives when he's kind of able to be a centerpiece like that. Uh, we saw that at the beginning of the year when he's super active and he gets a little confidence under him. Um, and it just hasn't been that way recently. So I, it's, it is, but I mean, sticking him in the corner where he's waiting to catch and shoot on a three is not, I think what he was ever going to be good at. That's not why the wizards drafted him. At least I'll say. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right, that's why it's weird. Because when they picked him... And, you know, we talk about tanking, like you you said it really well, where you talked about tanking being kind of an organizational directive, not just we're going to lose. You know, if if you're tanking, one of the things that you might do, I'm not saying that this is the indication of if you are, but if you are, if you're prioritizing long-term development of your young guys, one of the things you might do is 
give Denny some more opportunities with the ball. Let him grab defensive rebounds and go. Let him initiate more offense, all of that. And they've they've pretty much relegated him to the corner. And the reason I think why it stands out to the degree it does, and, and I agree with you that the Wizards mentioning no summer league, so few practices, how all of that affects development. I get it. But to me, that's more reason to give a guy opportunities in a game during a 17 and 32 season, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they, when you're not getting offense from anybody else, right? And and to me, it's 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 not just an organizational thing either. By the way, I was in the middle of a thought and I interrupted myself. the The reason why it stands out so much to me is because on the day they drafted him, the thing they talked about was his playmaking ability. Yeah. The thing that Scott Brooks talked about was that he just loved his assertiveness to be able to grab the ball and run in action and. And they talked about his passing ability, his facilitating, the way he could do things off the dribble and create for others. And now they we don't we don't show that. And and I think the Wizards fans' inclination is to jump to Brooks on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think stuff is well, the Wizards divided. fans' inclination is to jump to Brooks on just about everything. To yes, be fair. that is true. That is very true. Uh, I I think I think the reasoning for it is is divided up amongst a bunch of things. Uh, also. The fact that Russell Westbrook dribbles a lot, and he plays with Westbrook. Uh, and I think some of it is on Denny, by the way. Because when Denny is on the floor, and Westbrook's not there, and Beal's not there, it's not like he's grabbing the ball and saying, no, give it to me, this is mine now. Uh, you know, it's it's another point guard who's running stuff, and he still kind of hangs out in the corner. And I don't know how much of that is him, how much of that is the coaching staff telling him to do that? How much of that is him developing habits because he's doing that the majority of the time but doesn't have to all the time? I just – I don't – I really don't know. Um, yeah. But there are a, a bunch of different – I think this is more nuanced than just, oh, the Wizards won't use him. The Wizards won't use him properly. I think there are yeah. a bunch of reasons it's happening. No, there are a ton of different variables. Um, I mean, and that's the other thing that Scott Brooks – said over the weekend that was it was nice to kind of finally see I guess some sort of walls went down as Scott was saying he's you know it's not like guys who are getting opportunities are stepping up and, and grabbing them and I don't know if that's a it's really hard to get in that mindset when you're in a lull like the Wizards are in but you know Brad would say they get paid a lot of money to do stuff like that so um that's a that's a good point of it's not like when he's the only guy out there he's poking the ball away and getting downhill in transition like he was at the beginning of the year. Right. And you, um, you bring up a good point with, with Troy Brown, because, you know, that's a, this is a common theme. You know, Troy Brown is a facilitator. He's a guy who's kind of the best with the ball in his hands. I'm not arguing he, he was, or is going to be an all-star. Um, but you know, they wedged him into a role that was uncomfortable for him. Did you see his, um, did you see what he talked about earlier this week with his? Uh, he didn't know what would get him playing time. Yeah, so this is a this is a tweet from Cody Westerland who covers the Bulls. Uh, he says Troy Brown Jr. says his frustration with the Wizards was he didn't know what would earn him playing time. Right after Brown joined the Bulls, Billy Donovan sat down with Brown. Billy Donovan's the coach of the Bulls. Billy Donovan sat down with Bra- sat down with Brown and told him defense would be his path to playing time. Brown pra- praised Donovan just now for acting on that. Um, I, I, I believe that I think that's, that's probably true. And I think that's something, uh, uh, Mike, Michael Lee 
had an anecdote uh, about Otto Porter kind of being uncertain what would earn him playing time with Scott Brooks. Um, and so I, I believe that, that that's the case. I, I wonder, I wonder how much that's a Troy Brown and Otto Porter personality thing. And I wonder how much that is just the norm with the wizards, but it, it stands out with that kind of stuff when, when you see it, you know? Well, I think my first thought was, I absolutely believe that. Um, and you have to kind of understand that also, I think probably most guy there are probably a lot of guys in the NBA who are not getting playing time, who don't understand why they're not getting playing time. Um, I mean, I just think that's kind of a natural. I, I would believe that that's a natural kind of state of being if a guy who's trying to crack his way into rotation and isn't being able to. Um, but I, the first thing I thought was, yeah, I believe that because what were we told at the beginning of the year so much? We need to fix our defense. Our offense is fine. We need to fix our defense. We need to fix our defense. But the strongest defensive players weren't playing. So that I, that was kind of my first thought of like, yeah, I understand that. Sometimes it does seem like the Wizards are talking about one thing and then placing an emphasis elsewhere when it actually comes down to games. Um, so that was my kind of initial reaction. And of course, like you said, it's, you know, it, it's also you have to take into consideration personalities and relationships and things like that. But my that was my first thought of, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. And when I say Troy Brown Otto Porter personality thing, by the way, I'm not implying they're malcontents. It's quite the opposite. Yeah, it's like a, uh, a- no relationship and and those are reserved guys like mm-hmm. Troy Brown is not going to stomp into the coaching office be like tell me my role you know right. he's never going to do that you know what I thought about when I saw that tweet hmm. I thought so much for that season changing meeting where they all said their roles yeah I mean my thought about that season changing meeting where they all said their roles was this is happening in February <laughs> that was all that was always my first thought like what February? Guys. But, you know, they didn't have training camp. All right. <laughs> Ava, Ava, before we finish up, we, we gotta say something positive. This is this um, is a lot. This, oh, this pe- is I don't think re- I don't think people realize I mean maybe they do, but even though I'm not like I am talking as, as a person, not a reporter now. Even even though we don't root for the team, we're not Wizards fans, you just lose it when you cover like you lose your fandom when you cover a sports. Why I never want to cover baseball. I never want to lose my Yankee fandom. I never want to cover. Maybe, maybe also, fill in for one game. Games. That's too many games, and they last too long. Yes. Uh, <laughs> never, never. Maybe I'll fill in for one Yankee game as a bucket list item at some point in my life, and I'll want to do that. But never yeah. want to cover baseball. When you're a reporter, you just see how the sausage is made, and you just become not. You just become not a fan. You lose it really quick. Uh, but so, is this a positive Wizards thing? I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, but cons- constant negative energy at your workplace just sucks. Bad. Yeah, bad. <laughs> just sucks. So, um, give hmm. me. We need. We need something positive. I feel like we've we've talked about how 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 De- we talked about Denny's ups and downs. We've mm-hmm. talked about Troy, Troy Brown not knowing his role. We've Rat we've injury. we wondered if they're just losing instead of trying to lose. Uh, give me give me give me something good. Give me a good wizards thing. A good wizards thing. 
this is so embarrassing. We got, you know what? It was really nice to see Ishneth the other night. We got to talk to him. He sat down. He said, first of all, let me just say, it's really nice to talk to you guys. And he's one of the few guys I believed him. I was like, it is nice to see you, Ish. It was lovely to have his energy. He didn't play well. But it was really nice for us because Ish Smith is an extremely valuable commodity as a guy who will kind of explain things to you and give you a good, rich quote when you when you need it. Um, and I'm just happy for him personally that he's that he's healthy and back on court. I would say Ish Smith is genuinely one of the most beloved people in the NBA. He's lovely and it's great to have him back. Yeah, he is. I was I was actually talking to somebody the other day. With another team. And you know what? I can just say another team because they just played for every one of them. And I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, Ish Ish came up and I just we were talking about the Wizards and I casually mentioned Ish coming back. And the person goes, oh, Ish Smith, my favorite person in the NBA. I'm like, yep, that's that's basically what everybody says. Do you think he after his career is over? Do you think he sticks around basketball some way and like joins some? front office or works in some player development something or do you think he like goes and lives a life no i feel like he would like go and live i think he stays in basketball oh wow he loves Ooh, he loves money on. <laughs> are we betting we're betting a road no, we're we, betting we a road dinner on like future like that seems wrong <laughs> i i i think i don't think he's done i think he'll stay in the league uh but i uh oh yeah i mean you know after at I think he'll stay in basketball. That's my guess. He loves basketball. I think he'll stay in basketball. Whether he could be a broadcaster, uh, he could, he could be a coach. I think, I think oh, he'll he could stay. definitely be a coach. But I could see him like going back to North Carolina, like being a, a huge local coach down there, and like also running a church or something like that. Like he's a like I don't know. I just feel like he's like such a community guy. He is a major community guy. Um, he is that. All right. Well, there's our thing. I, you know what my positive thing is? All right. Well, there's our thing. (laughs) I'll say my positive thing. I'll say my positive thing. Um, Bertans and last week, our positive thing was, was that Rui was playing quite well. So I'm not going to overlap on that. And that's a real thing. That's still a thing. Even though he's missed a couple of games, he's absolutely Rui's playing well. Uh, my positive thing is, you know, things look a lot better when, when Matthews and Bertans are hitting threes. Yeah. And, and Bertans hitting a bunch of threes, it's like, look, it's it's not going to matter anymore. They're 17 and 32. It's not going to matter for the sake of this season. But you got him for four years after this one. Uh, or someone's got him for four years after this one. <laughs> and, like, him st- playing up to the you know the level of that contract over the final 25 games I think is an important thing down yeah. down the rest down the line for the rest of the season I mean just him gaining back you know the kind of superpowers that we saw last year in terms of him being able to shoot the three that's that's why he got paid uh him gaining back his mobility him him gaining back uh you know just those those 32 footers that he was constantly draining a year ago and, uh, you know, he's most guys, you know, uh, the jump has the thing where they run the segment every episode. It's a make or miss league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mo- most guys, if you ask a coach and you say so and so didn't play well tonight, you know, if you if you say to Scott Brooks, 
you know, Bradley Beal didn't play well tonight on a night where he shoots 6 of 17. Scott will correct you, and every coach in the history of basketball does this. Uh, he'll correct you. He'll say, ah, he didn't shoot well. He played well. Mm-hmm. Look at all the other stuff he did. And and, and I, I totally buy into that. Bertans is the exception. For Bertans, shooting well is playing well. Uh, and And him hitting a bunch of threes against Toronto last night is just it's just a thing to watch like him him getting super super red hot over these last 25 games even though it's not consequential this season I just think is important to create something for him to build off of for next year so you know I am that's very my thing. interested to see what his next couple of games look like because he's had some flashes in the pans where he, he's played like this but last night felt much more it felt it was it was um it felt easier because it wasn't like we were all holding our breath being like oh my god is davis going to shoot well this game the way it's it felt like we had been for the first other couple months of the season so i wonder if he's able to kind of sneak in there and just get back in a groove when the pressure is off him a little bit cuz it did just it seemed like he was having a really rough go of it from kind of every single perspective earlier in the year like we wouldn't stop talking about his bad shooting he had you know was in the COVID protocols for a long time, like all the, all the stuff was happening, and it seems like he uh, is a little bit more chill now. Yeah, and look, he's shooting thirty nine percent from three on seven point three attempts a game. That's obviously very good. Mm-hmm. The thing is that he set the bar at you know being a top five, top six shooter last year, and that hasn't yeah. been. And then got paid for it, right? And so that that's hasn't how been we what he is this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is very true. You got anything mm-hmm. to plug to the listeners before we uh, wrap up? Um, no, I mean, I'll have another Denny thing at same as you. So just like read mine before you read Fred's, I would say is my only plug. Um, and then, you know, we got a lot of, got a lot of games coming up and I would say just go my beloved Washington Nationals. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a great reaction to all of that. Fred just, mm. <laughs> you can, you can read, you can read my Denny piece, which will come out at some point. Um, I have a mailbag that went up on Monday morning, uh, which talks a lot about tanking, talks about Thomas Bryant, talks about some of the Denny stuff already in there. You can check that out over at The Athletic DC. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, we are no longer running the $1 a month deal uh, that ended yesterday, So, or ended on Monday. So I apologize to all of you, like Ava, who have Twitter alerts set up for me. You don't get to see those one dollar uh, a month plugs anymore, but you can still sign up for the Athletic at a slightly discounted price, three ninety nine a month. If you go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark, and that doesn't just get you wizards content, it doesn't just get you my stories, it gets you everything. It gets you full access to the site. You get your NBA, your WNBA, your MLB, your NHL, all the coverage that we have on there. You're gonna get, and you get this podcast ad free. By the way. If you want to listen to it on oh. the site and you wow. can just go to the athletic.com slash wizards after dark. See Ava's into it. That's a great deal. There you go. And that's, that's <laughs> from the competition. That's a great deal. Three ninety nine a month at the athletic.com slash wizards after dark. Tell your friends about wizards after dark. Uh, if you're a big fan of it, of the podcast, you can always go, you can leave a review. Uh, you can leave us five stars, uh, you know, leaving the actual written reviews on iTunes always helps out. More than you might think. I'll, I'll be back with another episode, I'm sure, later this week. I, I, I think Stan, it goes me his weekly episode still, so I'm sure we'll get together for an episode at some point later this week, uh, whenever that is. Um, ben Ben is a, is, a, is a workaholic, and 
I completely take advantage of it. He's addicted to wizards. <laughs> it's great. He he doesn't even great for you. What what people don't realize, I don't think how could they, is that Ben's job is not covering the wizards. Like at all. No, and no one would realize that because he's addicted to covering the wizards. Right. We are we are colleagues because he covers the football team. Mm-hmm. And yet <laughs> he'll always say to me, you know, hey, I have this I have this NBA idea. Do you mind? Do you mind if I do a little something? I'm like, Ben, no. Do whatever you want. You're a maniac, but do, do whatever you want. And so now he comes on the podcast once a week. It's great. I don't have to worry about getting guests. Admirable, admirable energy. It's it's fantastic. Anyway, so like I said, Stand Egg like an attic is going to come on here, just mainlining the wizards at some point. <laughs> at some point later in the week, whenever that goes up, I'll talk to you guys then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.